G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz with episode 165 of the Outback Mine podcast. Appreciate you joining in once again. Uh, now, football fans um, would have... Well, most of us loved watching Melbourne win uh, last year's AFL Grand Final. I, I never thought I'd, I'd ever see it in my lifetime. Orson Kilda or Richmond or uh, the Bulldogs, but um, everyone but Richmond's uh, sorry, everyone but, but St Kilda's actually won one now. So um, they're obviously doing something right, and they're going through this season uh, really well too. So uh, whether you're a football fan or not. I think you're going to learn a lot from today's guest, Jason Taylor, who's the National Recruiting Manager for Melbourne Football Club. Uh, now, Jason joined the club about eight years ago and was tasked to change the culture with regards to the list, uh, bring some new people in that can uh, help the club on their journey to win a premiership, um, alongside Paul Ruse and some others which, which came into the club to, uh, to make some significant changes uh, to help Melbourne uh, transform primarily, um, you know, and to be uh, successful on and off the field. Now, you know, winning uh, last year's premiership uh, was uh, exceptionally um, uh, exciting for a lot of people. And uh, although I'm a Bulldog supporter, uh, I was very happy to see them win. So we're going to talk to Jason today about, you know, his role, uh, his past before he actually got into recruiting. Um, you know, why he's able to maybe do it a little bit differently than others that are thinking outside the square and and how um, you know, players and behaviours can complement each other and also the club uh, in general. And um, you know, there's some exciting times ahead for the Melbourne Football Club and I think football in general, with what we've gone through over the last couple of years and uh, you know, people's interest in the game um, has probably escalated a lot more now. So I think we're going to um, have a really good chat about uh, all things footy uh, on and off the field today with Jason. So I hope you enjoy the conversation with him and I. Uh, just wanted to let you know that uh, we're setting up the Outback Mind as a, as a foundation at the moment, a charity to be able to provide men's health support more broadly throughout regional Australia um, into country towns and footy clubs and so forth and that as well. And um, we need the right partners on board to support this. We're not really you know, chasing grants or anything for it. We want to try and engage partners um, that provide goods and services to rural and regional communities. So if you have a business or you uh, know someone that, uh, that may be keen to help us, um, I'd really love to have a chat with uh, with them or yourself, uh, primarily. It's really important stuff that we're, we're doing here and um, uh, the mental challenges that we sort of face currently and um, uh, in the past, but also more so in the future, uh, aren't gonna go away. But if we learn how to manage ourselves better and, and provide the right tools and interventions, then hopefully uh, we can help uh, a few people change their lives and save a few. So um, uh, please reach out to me. Best is to email support at outbackmind.com.au. All right, hope you enjoy uh, Jason and I uh, throughout this chat, and I really appreciate your uh, your feedback as well. G'day, Jason. How are you, Aaron? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks very much for joining me. Really, uh, really appreciate it. I, I reckon you'd be still coming down after the premiership last year. Would I be right? <laughs> um, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a great uh, occasion, um, but no, it's quickly come down in my role mate because we're uh <laughs> got to get on with it so yeah. um but we uh enjoyed it a lot when it happened and uh it was a lot of hard work to get to that point and um certainly know how it feels 
to be down down the bottom and um, having to work your way up. So yeah. you, you really do have to celebrate it when you get some success. Yeah, that's true. Isn't it interesting? Like you work hard for something and it's just a short window of enjoyment, then you've got to turn on again. Yeah. Well, I think that's it's a, it's a business really from the angle we come from and, um, you know, we've got to try and um, continue to build a list that's... Uh, sustainable you know and 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 can stay there for some sustained success and uh the fact that we got to this point now uh, gives us an opportunity to do that but um yeah the wheel keeps turning mate uh it doesn't stop for anyone <laughs> no that's that's it's all part of the other uh, cycle of life i suppose but mate um really interesting you know and uh you know looking at your own journey um you didn't come through the traditional pathway of being like a star footballer or anything. Um, you, you obviously played a bit when you were younger, but you you pretty much took the trades route, didn't you? You become a tradesman and uh, and sort of started your career there. Yeah, so I just uh, played local football uh, where I grew up um, at senior level. So pretty much um, after year eleven, where I did, a, I went to St Bede's College and I did a um, what they called back then the tech tech stream, which is like the VCAL, I suppose, these days, um, and that sets you up for a trade. So I was fortunate enough to uh, get a trade in refrigeration and air conditioning, mm. um, which I worked, um, did my apprenticeship, and then um, eventually I ended up working for myself. Um, and I was, a tra- I was a really good trade, a trade I enjoyed, but it wasn't my uh, love and passion in life, which which was football. Mm. Um from a very young age, and I suppose I always had a bit of a feel for, um, you know, identifying players, knowing all the players in the VFL, and not just by number, and but just by traits and things like that. So I always had an interest in talent identification, and mm. um, so I decided to um, try and uh, get involved in that, and then I set myself some goals around that, and. Um, I was able to break in on a part-time basis and then eventually on a full-time basis. Um, and I suppose at that age, so this is about my 18th year doing it, at that age I was, um, it was, so I'm 51 now, so around that 33 or four, um, I suppose it took a little bit of courage to change your career at that age, but uh, I thought if I didn't, if I didn't try it then, um, you know, I'd have some regrets, so I went a bullet a gate at it, really. How'd you go about it? Um, well, I'm, I'm a bit stubborn, but... Um, so I like to try and do things my way, but I, I did... Like, I grew up with, um, and with, you know, great mates with Luke Beveridge, which I still am now. Mm. Um, and from, you know, we were, we were mates since prep, and his father, John... Um, there's a long-time legend recruit, recruiting manager at St Kilda Footy Club. He, he was working there in that role at the time. So I ended up writing um, to John and then um, he gave me a, an opportunity as a trial um, in 2004, I think it was, 2003 or four, And then um, from there, he gave me a part-time opportunity um, the next year. So that's where it all started. Mm. I worked um, weekends and um, and also week week nights. So there was a bit of salary sacrifice mm. um, involved with it. 
But I, I did eventually, I set myself two lots of five-year goals, which I was n never typically a goal setter. Um, and one was to become full-time in in recruiting within five years. And the second five-year goal was to be a national recruiting manager. Mm. Um, and I was uh, fortunate enough to achieve both of them, which mm. I think without setting those goals, I may not have, because it just kept my eye on the prize, if you like. Yes, yeah, yeah. Very important, and uh, you know, congratulations, obviously, for being courageous enough to uh, to 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 follow, you know, your um, your passion and your intuition, and it takes a lot to, for a guy to do that. You know, we we can get stuck in the safety of the income and, and all that sort of thing, but if you're able to identify what it is that's going to make you thrive as an individual, being able to sort of put steps in place and and some goals, I think, is really important. So so good on you for that. Yeah. Mate, um, mate, um, yeah. So, so back in the day, till the early two thousands, I'm just sort of thinking St Kilda weren't probably travelling that well. What did you do with regards to working with John to be able to move forward uh, to make progress? Obviously, they become successful, you know, later in that decade and started to, um, you know, um, do quite well on the field and made some grand finals and so forth. What did you identify? Uh, were the were the gaps there, and, and how'd you go about filling them? Oh, basically, when when you first start and cutting your teeth, it's um, it's just about going out on weekends. And um, at, at that point in time, I really didn't travel into state. I was more more concentrating on the Victorian based players, and um, just writing reports on players, and then a culmination of that week in week out. You know, you have meetings and. You formulate a list and um, and then you go through a process, which I wasn't involved with heavily at the start with John, where you interview um, prospective players and um, at their family home and, and, and you get to know a fair bit about their um, their personalities, characters, their upbringings and where they've come from. So at that early stage, it was just about me um, trying to uh, identify players initially and then... Um, I think what got me forward and eventually to Collingwood on a full-time basis was purely on, um, I think people recognise people who put in hard work and do the extra yards. Mm, yeah. um, and, and that was as, as simple as that really. So, and I've always given opportunities to people who like me. Mm. Uh, I always meet with people who reach out to me for a coffee or, and uh, you know, we've got, we've got a guy at Melbourne who's full-time now who I just met for a coffee and gave him an opportunity, but he, he just knocked the door down through his hard work and mm. obviously he's got some talent. But, um, mm. yeah, that's how I, I forged forward, really, mm. um, doing the extras. Yeah, mate. Well said. And, you know, that, that purpose and getting back to your goals was, was the driver. So, you know, you had that... That, that that sort of vision there obviously and you know the you know the successes sort of come from it but um it's tremendous to um to sort of see someone that's um you know um the salt of the earth type that hasn't sort of come from uh you know the traditional realms of being a star player um to be able to sort of go back in and, and you really you, you you're working at, at different levels i suppose too so you're able to communicate well with people at ground level uh, and also you know into the elite levels and so forth as well and you know it's interesting sort of coming through that um that that early uh decade of the 2000s and, and the mental health side of things probably wouldn't have been a a huge uh focus back then was it something that was um 
that was sort of looked at when you were recruiting players, like how they were, you know, with regards to their, their stability and so forth as well? Yeah, it, it, it's um, definitely, obviously, it's, uh, it's more prevalent and uh, front and centre of people's minds now. Um, but we do a, um, they do do psych assessments on the players through, through the AFL, which get distributed to us, mm. um, which, you know, has an element of um, that, that in it, the mental health side. Um, but also the really important facet of, um, you know, coming to a decision if you were to draft a player was, is to get to know them um, personally, their families, um, and, and then their networks around them. So people have had a fair bit to do with them. Mm. Um, and and so it, it is an important facet. It's like um, one of the uh, conversations I generally bring into an interview process with a player, particularly if I do them early in the year, is um, I, I speak to them. So it's like any job. So if playing AFL footy is a job, so they need to understand that. I, I know every kid dreams of playing AFL when they grow up mm. and. But the reality is it's a job mm. and like any job like if, if um you know like your own even your own uh, working life Aaron, and like mine when i did uh, refrigeration mm. and air conditioning you're actually going to do a bit of research on that job mm. and and see see what what's involved with it to a, to a, a certain extent to make sure it's actually for you yes um so when I speak to young players, I, I say to them, well, what do, you, do you know anyone playing AFL? And quite often they do. And, you know, what, 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 do you, what can you tell me what, what the job's like, you know? Mm. And, and if they don't have any idea, I encourage them and I give them almost homework to, to go and research it and find out a little bit about it. Now, this is twofold. It's, it's A, if you, do, if you are lucky enough to get an opportunity at the end of the year, you might hit the ground running a bit more because um, you know a bit about it and, and but the, the more important facet is you might they might say I don't know if this is for me mm. because there's a lot of talented players out there that just aren't made for uh, the I suppose the um, the grind of the physical and mental grind of the sport yes. um, which is no shame in that it's just not for everyone mm. um, so on that side of it, it's very important for us to, to make sure that we get the people that um, uh, in that right vein mm. for the job. Um, I hope that answers what you are looking for a little bit, mate. <laughs> I, 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 um, yeah, because it is an important part of it. And But on the flip side of that is, is that um, now it's stronger than ever um, is the support mechanisms within a club. Mm. Um, so, you know, we've got our player development and welfare managers. We've got two of them at the club. Um, and, you know, obviously you've got your, your, your um, coaches and, and, and all staff really play a part and a role in that because it is a demanding job and, um, and uh, they're, they're, well, they're well looked after. But their mental health, it's, it's just about... Um, you're not going to get the pr- production of on-field performance if you haven't got their mental health right. Yes. Yeah, it's that that important, really. Like, um, yeah. So there's a lot of work put into that space for sure, both in the selection process and and then once they're actually at your organisation. It sounds like you've you've got the the ground rules and the foundations right, because primarily if you're able to 
identify someone that has got the ability to be resilient enough to um, to to understand what's you know potentially expected of them before they sort of you know step through the door um, then you're halfway there I guess but you know there's been lots of episodes uh, over the years of guys that have come through um, that have been you know very talented uh, but also they've um, They've, they've not so much failed, but uh, you know they've gone into an environment where they just haven't fitted in primarily, and uh, that can lead to you know uh, self doubt, anxiety, depression, all those sorts of things. And you know it's probably more recognised now. And I think the AFL uh, primarily are doing some wonderful things because uh, you're at a stage where you are managing your workplace really well, and you've got care and concern for your people, whereas you know the average workplace out there hasn't. You know, it's it's very reactive. Um, if something goes wrong, you you maybe go to an EAP or something. But you know, if you've got positive interventions in place, where you're constantly you know checking and reviewing and, and keeping people um, you know balanced, I think that's that's really important. Um, and if you can create that culture, um, you know, and you've got that sort of uh, ethos throughout the whole structure, I think it's a it's a recipe for success. Would you agree? Hundred percent. In fact, it's critical to it. Like, and we've also got our, our, our own sports psych who, um, you know, is in the club every day and, and, and the players utilise it. And, and it's, it's um, yeah, I, I, look, it's as equally as important as their physical preparation, um, you know, as far as the attention to detail that needs to go into to both facets. But I, I think you're right, like, the, the AFL's um, doing some really good work in that space and, and the clubs are as... And, and, and it needed to happen um, and it, it needs to get better in, in all work lives because, as you know, Aaron, um, we've all got things going on in our lives. Like, everyone has, you know, um, and it's important that um, you work through those things and you, you just don't um, put them underneath you and hope that they're, you know, they're going to go away. You need to, to discuss those things. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's the same with your work environment. There's got to be a, a place where people feel comfortable to be able to do that, and um, I, I can only speak for, for our footy club at the moment. But we're, I think we do a really good job in that area. Mm, I agree, mate. Well, I, I think about uh, you know what maybe Luke Beveridge possibly did. He actually allowed people to be themselves, um, and yep. I think if people can go into an environment, they can actually be who they authentically are. Then they feel comfortable. But you know, if they're sort of pushed down a pathway of of uncertainty and doubt and, and that's that's the flaw of a lot of workplaces you know it's transactional rather than transformational um yep. you know and that's where i think we've got to start to uh to learn how to manage human behavior better because yeah if you can get a uh, uh someone um you know into an environment you know maybe they're talented on the field but also they're able to you know freely uh express themselves and be themselves and it just gives them um uh, a chance to be, um, you know, themselves, and uh, I just think, I just think, you know, that's that's tremendous to hear because I, I observed it with the Bulldogs and with what Luke was doing there, and some of the players that I've spoken to, but also, you know, it sounds like you've sort of got the same sort of uh, philosophy, and obviously that's probably a bit of John rubbing off on you as well. Well, uh, so with our footy club, so. Um we have what a program for our first and third year players when they come in called, it's actually, a D, they call it a DNA program. Um, and it's named after David Neitz, um, mm. David Neitz Academy, so a DNA program. But that, that's as much about the person than the footballer. Um, 
So we have this thing, what we call a Melbourne person. So we want every player and person that comes into our organisation to leave a better person. Yes. Um, so there's an equal amount of time and energy put into that side of it for those younger players. And I think um, we're bearing the fruits of that with their on-field performance, to be honest. Yes. Yes. Oh, no doubt, mate. Look, look, you, you hit on something very dear to me. Now, that can be the same philosophy in a regional sporting club. It can be a philosophy in a regional workplace. It can be a, a philosophy in a, in a prison. Now, if someone goes into an environment and they, they actually leave a better person than what they were when they arrived, then they're going to be better, uh, but also the world's going to be better around them. And just getting off track a bit, I spent quite a bit of time doing work in prisons here last year. And, you know, I'm really um, proactive in, in sort of trying to, uh, you know, help cultural change there. You know, if someone's coming in, um, you know, help them actually like learn skills so they can be better when they get out. And if you've got that philosophy in a football club, mate, you know, people leave the system and they go on to be better people, um, you know, uh, and their mental health is, is maintained and, um, and everyone else around them benefits from that, I, I think. Oh, yeah, it's so true. And, it, and, it, and it, it is, it's no different at AFL level to um, community, suburban country uh, level. And we all know that. Like, I know that from my, from my own self that I had some uh, terrific mentors when I was uh, growing up and, and they can be amazing places, uh, sporting clubs for that and mm. and making uh, young men uh, better and, and guide them and keep them on track and women, um, mm. you know, so um, we all play a part in that. Yes. Really, you know, I've got a seven-year-old started just under eights now, you know, and mm. um, so I'm going to be involved heavily, you know, when I can be at his footy club, but you realise that everyone plays a part in the in directing and helping and nurturing and growing these young men and women. Mm, and no doubt, boys and girls. In ten years' time, you'll be trying to get him into a Melbourne jumping. <laughs> I would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not, no, not one of those dads. I, I, you can just enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. Now, mate, um, it's interesting. You know, I'm really grateful you, you shared all that and um, coming through like. Have you have you had many like failures with regards to identifying someone that, that hasn't quite you know lived up to their their potential and um, you know have you had your own challenges with regards to your expectations of an individual and being excited around someone coming into an environment but they haven't actually performed the way that you would have liked? Oh no doubt. I mean, yeah, we all make. Uh I suppose mistakes and, and the mistakes you do make you learn from because um, sometimes I you know obviously the process you, you try and make as uh, as bulletproof as you can but um, and that's why we have an heavy heavy emphasis on uh, character and competitiveness and that resilience factor um, uh, over and above even the the, the talent uh, football talent and the athletic package but um, and that helps you get better results, I think. But you, you, you know, it, um, you do learn from those mistakes, and you think, you know, what did I miss when I brought that person in? Because I actually thought through all the uh, checking I did, my own, um, you know, thoughts and the process that they could come in and thrive. Uh, but but you know, yeah, there's been one or two that have 
maybe gone the opposite way. Um, yes. yeah. So you just got to. Um, we in what I do, we're always reviewing um, the process yes. um, as we go because you have to because you have to learn from if you make mistakes and um, and why and 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 that's not only you know can we can we be can our environment be getting better if we're not getting the best out of these people or they just weren't um, made for the job? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, so that's my job. I, I've got to make sure I pick people that thrive and and not go the other way and and um and and that's in fairness to the, those people do you know what i mean like yes. I, I, we, we we have a thing that simon simon goodwin introduced it which is a, is a you know a lovely piece really it's a, it's a we call he calls it like the higher higher purpose what why do you do what you do the higher purpose of why you do it mm. you know and and um and uh, i thought about the higher purpose of why I do my job and ultimately I need to reward through giving opportunity to young men in my case not I don't do the women's program I do the men's so young young boys or men who who actually are driven and have a love of what they do and and I, they're the ones that I need to present opportunity to do you know what I mean yes not not the ones that are just a bit talented yeah. And that's that's my job, you know. The high purpose of a lot of people is they do what they do for their family yes. um, and their friends' enjoyment. Um, so it's nice to reflect on because everyone has a higher purpose of why they do something. Um, and it, it's good to sit back and reflect on, on why you might do something and, and and what 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 that brings to others. Yes, absolutely, mate. What, what I'm, I'm seeing here is... You know, you you've you've come through the nuts and bolts of it all, and done the hard work to be able to 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 make the progress that you've made. But my my observation is, you know, a lot of the guys that I've I've spoken to on this podcast, and, and my my experiences, you know, as a man, the ones that are, are given a chance, uh, that work hard, are the ones that that succeed. You know, like Dale Morris and. And guys that are, were rookies, you know, um, that, that, that just, you know, were able to just get in by the skin of their teeth. Um, you know, Dale Morris, three years on, on playing for Werribee before he got a rookie contract, you know, in his early 20s and never looked back. But, uh, you know, sometimes we give uh, people an easy, an easy street and it doesn't work. But the ones that actually like, that are like yourself that are very determined are the ones that, you know, grab it by the balls and actually, um, you know, do do put everything that they can into it, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And and the Dale Morrises of the world, um, I and mean, you see they play with great character. Um, but they're they're the guys that they miss out on a draft, and and you see them each year playing, you know, VFL or Sandful or Waffle, or and each year you see them present better each year, and and then there will come a time when they're twenty twenty one, you go. He actually presents physically and plays like an AFL player. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're driven to get there and they're doing all that while they're having a full-time job. Yes, that's right. So, And eventually the damn wall breaks and they get an opportunity and, as you say, they don't look back and that's purely... And that's what I talk about, the higher purpose. Like, you need to give those people that opportunity because they're, they're, it's a reward for, for their effort. Yes, yep. Agree, mate. It's interesting um, 
talking about your journey, like in the 2000s, I was in Tasmania and they had a VFL team. Um, yep. And, you know, the, the goal and the excitement around, you know, young players and players in the state to play for that team was tremendous, you know. And there was a fellow, you know, there by the name of Ian Callan, and which I reckon he was probably one of the best footballers that I've ever seen, you know. He, he never yeah. got a chance until he was 27. Um, yeah, as a rookie, you know, and, and he, he did pretty yeah. well. But, um, uh, you know, if he had got a chance 10 years earlier, then, you know, he could have been a 300-game player. But he, he just kept showing up, you know. He just kept showing up yep. and um, eventually he got an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, well, well done for Hamish Ogilvy for giving him a chance, really, you know. That's mm. a great story. Um, yeah, but you're right. It's just that persistence piece and... And, uh, you know, people should take great confidence out of that, that if you persist and you, you love something and you're passionate about it and you work hard, something will come of it. Mm. Oh, mate. Uh, yeah, that's music to my ears. I'm trying to set up what I do here as a charity and a foundation at the moment, and I'm knocking on doors, but I'm, I'm not getting a lot of love, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. I just need yeah. to keep keep persisting because I know it's important and I know it'll break through. But that that that's that's really nice to hear, mate. Because yeah, like you, I guess you you got a few kicks in the ass before you actually got to where you were, and your testament to to hard work. You know, as a lot of these guys we're discussing are, you know, they they just kept going about it because there was something um, uh, within them. Like Simon Goodwin mentioned, the higher purpose. You know, you you stay true to your higher purpose, and then the results can come. Yeah. You, you, you. It, luck, luck comes in, comes your way. I reckon when when you do it. Like even when I when I at the time of um, uh, I, I met Derek Hine at Collingwood, um, it was basically through the two jobs colliding. So through a mutual friend, I um, I'm, I'm going off track a little bit, but it's on track. <laughs> um, I, I uh, through a mutual friend, I got asked to do a quote to install an air conditioner for Derek Hine. And I, I didn't know him. He was national recruiting manager at Collingwood at the time, but I knew what he, of him. Mm. Um, and um, at that time, I was actually putting together a presentation to go for the um, main role at St Kilda, um, mm. which I was too too raw for, but uh, John was going to retire, so I, I thought I'd have a go at it. Um, and I'd never met Derek before, and I did a quote, and we just got chatting and all that. And, um, you know, he, he helped me... Um, Put the presentation together a little bit and um so obviously you know formed a bit of a connection there and then a year later i, I ended up getting a promotion in st kilda i didn't give I, I ran second for the job um but i got a, a promotion a little bit more money um and then um you know i was only really weeks later derek hein rang me and and offered me to go across to collingwood in a in a basically a full-time capacity so um, what, what I say, like, there was a lot of hard work there, but then all of a sudden someone says, can you install an air conditioner? Yes. <laughs> for someone, you know what I mean? So, I, but I look at that as, it's a bit of luck, but it's also, I think you create that luck. Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Everything happens for a reason, mate. Yeah. Exactly, you know, yeah. that, that, that meeting and that wasn't by chance, it just sort of, uh, it just evolved because you, you both had... Uh, you know, not so much similar interests, but you know, similar energies which um, which which connected, and everything sort of grew from there. And you know, from that moment, uh, you haven't haven't looked back, I guess. Yeah, no, it's right. Like it's, it's um, yeah, 
I, 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 you know, I was lucky in a way, but I, 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 it did teach me uh, to, uh, yeah, to what you put into it, you'll get out of it. Yeah, that, that's right. And, and uh, yeah, mate, you weren't forcing it either, you know. Like if you, you were forcing it, it mightn't have, have worked, but you're just being able to meet someone through a, new, um, a neutral space like that. And then, you know, what, what evolved um, you know, it was tremendous, and um, you know all the all the work you did to, be, to get a full time role like that would have been, you know, very um, very rewarding. And I think you probably come into that system at a good time when they started to be successful. Collingwood, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was there for about uh, five years. So I started there in two thousand seven, and um, yeah, so seven, eight, nine, they obviously won it in 2010, so it was, that was great. Mm. Um, so it felt like, you know, you play a small part in that. Um, and then, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to um, get an opportunity in uh, 2012 to Melbourne, but then I got held to my contract at Collingwood and then I didn't get released, so I started at Melbourne at the start of 2013 mm. as a national recruiting manager. So that was a I um obviously a big big moment in my life. Yeah, mate. Um, tell me with regards to Collingwood, you know that two or three year process. Who were some of the players that you identified and recruited that become a successful part of that team? Well, actually, I'll just say say Steel Sidebottom, who's still going around now, for example, from Shepparton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a mate. Um, who this will get this you know I hopefully some of you get a good kick out of this like so um, uh, so still so I've got a mate who I grew up with Adam Shepard who works at Collingwood and recruiting yeah and they had a camp at the start of this year like a three day camp and he, he they all the staff went away and the players and all that anyway uh, Shepo he he rang me after it and he goes oh you got a mention on the camp I said oh what, what about he goes oh. He goes, everyone tells their story, you know, and everyone had to tell their story. And he said, still Sidebottom was telling his story and he was reflecting back to uh, when he got drafted and he said, you know, Jason Taylor and Derek came around the very next day and picked me up from my home and then all of a sudden I'm driving down the the, hot, the, the Hume um, on my way to Collingwood. He said, I'll never forget it, you know. And I, I remember that day vividly, like, turning up to his house and he's there with his mum and you're kind of, like, taking your son away. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, mate, I can um, But, a, 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 to, you know, still, he still remembers that and he, you form a connection with those guys, you know. Like, and Jamie Elliott was another one, like... Mm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, there's quite a few of that team coming through, but obviously, you know... Um, yeah, it, it uh, there was a lot there before I got there, obviously as well. But um, mm. yeah, it's, um, still though, it's uh, it's all part of their journey, is it? You know, the, the young guys from um, the country, you know, and they come from pretty pretty humble <laughs> upbringings, and you know, they they go on to be you know, pretty good pretty good uh, at their craft. Yeah, mate, and uh, yeah, a lot of that, those guys, you know, I. I know the side bottoms from Shepparton and uh, I lived there for quite a while and um, yeah, look, you know, good family and, 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 and hard working and, um, uh, you know, a lot of those guys in that particular league, like that's a, that's a tough league, you know, so if someone gets an opportunity from there, like a lot of them have, they, they usually succeed pretty well, but um, 
uh, you know, good on you for going and picking him up and taking him, you know, through Nagambi and bloody <laughs> all, all the way down there. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's the thing, mate. The, the name gets called out on a Friday and there's, there's on the road on the Sunday, huh? Yes, yeah, mate. Yeah, it's, a, it's a big time in their life. Oh, for sure. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that have been on here that have had to had to jump on a plane and go across the other side of the country, you know. They've had to go from yeah. Perth to Melbourne or Melbourne to Perth or, or whatever, you know, and they're, they're, they're just taken right out of their ecosystem. And, um, you know, to their credit, most of them are pretty pretty, pretty good and resilient, but bloody hell, it, uh, it could be a bit of a shock, I reckon, for sure. Oh, no, no doubt, mate, yeah. And, and, and even like I spoke about earlier about trying to encourage them to, you know, research and prepare, um, it's still a shock to them, even if they've done that, you know, because like, it just goes up a, a fair level of both, you know, um, learning the game at a higher level and also the physical side of it. As well, yeah. Tell me, um, have you been really excited about a player and really wanted him but missed out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably a lot. <laughs> uh, we're pretty crafty, us blokes, so... We tend to, uh, yeah, you, you kind of do your um, searching behind the scenes and try and find out who's picking where and who's got what. And geez, do you think I can get this bloke at this point? And mm. um, yeah, so you, you can have some, you have more wins than losses, put it that way. But yeah, there's 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 always one or two that you through through the journey that you go, oh, yeah, that's disappointing. Particularly if they go one or two picks before yours. Yeah, it's interesting. That, like that, if, do you know what I mean? Like, if you, someone's getting right out to, say, pick 45 and you think, hang on a second, he might get here. But um, mm. there's no one that really springs to mind. But, um, yeah, I've got no doubt, excuse me, no doubt that, that there's been a few. Yes, mate. It's interesting, like... I often wonder, like, does does uh, would Paul Ruse have said to you, or Simon Goodwin, or or whoever it was, uh, coaching Collingwood, we need three big blokes, you know, and you've gone and found the best three big blokes, but then they've all been taken before you. What do you do then? Do you say, oh, we'll just take a small bloke, or how does it work? Yeah, so we have list management committee, um, which is, you know, obviously the CEO, footy manager, Alan Richardson, um, our COO, David Chibadal, uh obviously Simon Goodwin, myself, uh, our list manager, Tim Lamb. Um, and so that's ongoing. So we're, we're discussing uh, where the list's at, uh, planning for positional needs underneath. And um, and so whether that be in a trade sense and then, you know, obviously in my part, I have to give it an update of what, what the draft's looking like and where its strengths lie and... Uh, you know, and positional strength. So you're always looking and planning for what what you've got to bring in underneath. And uh, but if they're not there, they they're not there. So you, you just um, really have to go go ahead and pick the best available player. Um, and if they're pretty good at it, they'll find a way to play somewhere, and someone else moves into another position. But mm. you're right. Eventually, you've got to have your tools. You've got to have your tool, your key position players, and you and your ruckman and. Um, but you, you don't want to be reaching on a player at the expense of one that's much better, do you know what I mean, just because yes. they're a positional need. Yes. Uh, it's, a, it's a real balancing act there. Um, so I'll, obviously, having worked in the head position with Ruzi and Goody, um, and as I said, with the, 
risk management, it's always ongoing. The communication's always there. So there's not a lot of debate at, at the end when you, you, you're coming up with your final decisions. They just kind of give me my head and um, because they've, they've been on the year's journey with you anyway, so they know what's going on. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's not... Um, yeah, it's... Uh, if, I think it, it, I'm a big one on uh, communication um, and transparency. Uh, and, you know, with my recruiting team throughout the country, that's it's really critical. Um, and confidentiality in what we do. But if you've got good communication and transparency amongst your list management team and your, and your staff and your footy club, or any business for that matter, it'll flow pretty good. Yes, agree. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's important, mate. And, and you would have seen like lots of changes over the last 17 or 18 years with regards to that. And probably uh, lots of people which were very strong in their opinions that you probably found it hard to, to communicate with. But I think, you know, from what I see with Melbourne and so forth, it's a very open culture. And, um, uh, you know, everyone is able to communicate fairly fluently. And, uh, yeah, I think we've come a long way um, as men, primarily, and, uh, and and the way we communicate is much better than what it probably previously was. Yeah, I think so. I think the benefit of, uh, you know, where we are at the moment at, at Melbourne is, um, look, everyone's born with an ego, but yeah. uh, there's not a lot of real um, strong egos amongst all of us. Like, mm-hmm. everyone's just in it for the for the one reason, and, and that's for that team team achievement and yes. um yeah and that that tends to really help because then you've got each other's back do you know what i mean yes and uh that's just so important in life that you you feel like you you, you know i know he's got my back and i've got his and 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 that that, that gives you the freedom to express yourself and, and and actually talk talk to people when you need to yes um so yeah there's there's um no one's it's, it's, we've become an environment where no one's afraid to to share and to share their, you know, sometimes that's their hardships. Yeah, mate, you think about it, like, we're similar ages, but, like, how much that's changed from when we were, like, you know, young fellas in our teens to where, where things are now. Oh, incredible, mate. Remember yeah. the tech school? I went to a tech school. Like, you could never dare talk about what uh, what was going on between your ears. <laughs> nah. No, and and you know what? When you did take the leap of faith and do it with people that you think you probably weren't going to, you always got a response that they they would like to do it too. Yeah, um, yeah. And that that's you know I suppose how you grow and evolve. But um, yeah, you're right. It's I remember. Yeah, it was almost a bit taboo, really, wasn't it? Mm, oh, big time, bloody oath, mate. Yeah, jeez, different world altogether. Yeah. Tell me, um, with regards to, to going into Melbourne, did they sort of say to you, "Look, we want to, we want to just completely strip what we what we've, we've done here into a new environment, new culture"? Because I know when Paul sort of went in there, um, he had a philosophy of a complete rebuild. Were, were you part of that? Yeah. So I, yeah. So basically, uh, 90, I think besides Max Gorn, Tommy McDonald. Um, and Jack Viney went farther some year before that the the list is yeah, no one's there from that period. Yeah. Um, 
so really we we, we, we were starting from um, and that's that's uh, this is no not a um, disrespect on anyone who was there at the time that's it's just the reality of we were kind of starting uh, at ground zero because we were on the bottom and um, mm-hmm. we weren't going very well and so we had to invest in the draft and then invest in trade at the right times and then um, continue to do that and we had to be strategic in that but I worked with Todd Viney at the time there mm-hmm. obviously Melbourne great and uh, he, he was a, a good role model for me there and um, you know we, we had a pretty clear philosophy on um, what, what, what needed to happen to, to tip the balance to become what say we saw last year mm. um, and it was that competitive character piece um, you know um, I think uh, Chris Judd once famously said in his um, his press conference when he was retiring, he said the the longer he was in the game, the less impressed he was with talent. Mm. So I say that to drafters, what do you think he means by saying that? And but most of them get it right, but he's just saying that you know, give me hard workers. And uh, people with the drive and love of the game any day over just talent. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's not lost on me, that comment. And, um, and that's certainly the type of uh, person we tried to bring into our organisation. Mm. And it takes time. Um, and to tip that balance, once it tips, it, it can take off. And, uh, yeah. Um, you know, we had a real philosophy of bringing in um, young men. In you know, so we got into the draft on multiple occasions to bring in guys together. So we wanted to bring in a group reasonably quickly that will grow together, so they become tight um, and um, have a real love for each other. And and once that builds and they mature. Um, you can get if you get a, you know a high percentage of those selections right, it can really take off, and I think we're starting to see a bit of that with with our group at the moment. Um, and credit credit to the coaches and the players for that. Mm, absolutely, mate. Every every human wants to feel connected, connected, and part of something, and being able to contribute. If you can create that culture, I just think you're, you're creating a, an opportunity to to flourish and thrive, and you know. Your, your testament to that, but you know, that, that's available to everyone. I really believe that, you know, if, if you're in a, in a team environment, you know, if you've got the right, the right philosophy and you're able to, 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 to bring people in that, uh, that, that can, you know, feel safe primarily and supported and, uh, and contribute um, and help them be better individuals, it just, you know, it just gives them an opportunity to, to, to really thrive. And, um, you know, that, that mindset and that culture is, is, is really, you know, great to hear. And it's obviously um, something which is probably, uh, you know, uh, of interest to other clubs out there because they're probably trying to do what you did. And I think everyone tried to do what Richmond did. And <laughs> it sort of, you know, it seems, yeah. it seems to change uh, regularly with regards to, you know, freshening up your... Um, yeah, your policies and the way you go about things, but yeah, the the innate um, the innate things about being a human uh, will never change. You've got to have those uh, those structures right and those foundations right, and uh, and everything you know uh, can can sort of grow from there, I guess. Yeah, it's about staying the course, and 
And, um, you know, like, it just takes time. Like, they're young men. Um, and we cast our minds back, Aaron, when we were 18, 17, and, and what we were doing and, and what, how we were thinking and... You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's a real expectation on these. They, they take a bit of time to mature. Some are quicker than others, and uh, so they need that maturity piece to, to interconnect with their to help them blossom. Um, one thing that's really important in in in, in what I, I I do and and, and the list management um, function is um, always remember that what what got us to this point now is actually the people. Um, so it's not you don't get to this point without the right character of person mm. um, so from this point on just because you're successful at this point in time that doesn't mean that your environment's going to turn uh, the wrong people into good good players you know what I mean mm. Mm. so you've got to always understand stick to your process don't don't go away from we can just turn someone who's talented we can make them better because we're Melbourne. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That's not how it works. It was you just stick to what what got you there, not not get away from that. So you know, it's important that we just keep keep sticking to our guns with that. Yeah, well said, mate. Interesting. Uh, you talked about Tom McDonald. That they come from my neck of the woods in uh, Edenhope. So yep. uh, you wouldn't have picked them up and took them to Melbourne. I would. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. Back then, but um, no. Nah, well, I drafted. I drafted Oscar, his did, brother. Um, did you? So no, nah, no. Nah, Oscar made his own way down. <laughs> did he really? Yeah. So is he still there, or one of them left? Didn't he's, they? Or? He's a, a Carlton. Carlton, yeah. right? Okay. I've sort of got my eye off the ball with regards to what's going on in the in the game these days, sort of thing. But uh, yeah, they're still floating about, which is tremendous, mate. And, and you, you know, um, you probably would have been a lot around uh, country football, but you know, you know how it's so important to those communities and um, and just how it's such a, a huge part of the the you know the the fabric of a of a town, particularly farming communities like that. Um, you know, and to have young fellows like the McDonalds. Um, go to another level, it just creates um, a real uh, hype uh, around uh, around the place. And you know, that's, um, that, that's a tremendous thing uh, for the individual, but also you know, for, for the growth of the game and uh, to keep people's interest as well, I guess. Oh yeah, 100%, they're, they're great stories. And uh, you know, it's, um, it's really important. And, 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 it, and it shows that um, it doesn't matter where you reside or or you know what's around you um you know everyone can uh can succeed in something that they 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 aspire to um but yeah it's uh, as i said like i i just think community football and netball you know it's uh it's a bit of a heartbeat of the whole Mm. the whole suburb the whole town yeah um, for a number of reasons, for uh, just that connection piece, the support, uh, uh, you know, getting jobs and, um, do you know what I mean? Things like that, just, yes. just those, they're not small things, they're big things, starting an apprenticeship and you can, these things all evolve by being part of a community organisation like a sporting club and, yes. um, yeah, and seeing people rise and succeed above expectation, like you, you mentioned, Aaron, is, um, you know, that obviously gives great joy. Oh, I agree, mate. That's it. It doesn't matter whether you're playing in the seconds or you're 
you're playing um, you know, good footy in the seniors and you get a chance to go further. As long as you're actually doing something and you're involved and you're, you're communicating and you know, you're open to talk about your emotions when something's going wrong, I think that's really key. You know, Where I live here now, we don't have any football or, or any sports, so it's really difficult for me as an individual because I miss that participation. But um, you know, people in regional uh, Australia are really lucky uh, in general to have uh, those clubs and um, you know, I just encourage anyone listening, you know, if they are, they are, you know, struggling uh, to, to, to reach out and, uh, you know, a lot of the, oh, all the regional clubs now are much better equipped than what they were. So there's no need to, uh, to, to keep things to yourself and, uh, you know, that way we can all be better and, um, and uh, you know, um, live, live life to its fullest. And, you know, we're not meant to struggle, mate. We're meant to be thriving. And, uh, you know, you've created an environment uh, in the football clubs you've been involved with for people to thrive. And I just think that's uh, testament to you and your hard work as an individual. And that's going to filter back down into, uh, into regional sport and, and beyond, mate. So, um, you know, really proud. Uh, uh, you should be really proud of yourself, uh, you know, for, for what you've done and, and what's, you know, to come. And how much longer is your, your contract at Melbourne? Uh, I've got, uh, I was fortunate enough to sign an extension uh, last year. So I've got another, this year and another four. Oh, shit. Okay, well, they've locked you up for a while. I was going to say, maybe uh, the Bulldogs might be keen to have a chat to you, but uh, you'll, be, uh, you'll, be, <laughs> you'll be 55 by then. Oh, um, uh, yeah, no, I'm pretty, uh, uh, yeah, I think when I did air conditioning before I worked for myself, I uh, <laughs> I moved around a little um, yeah. uh, to different companies, and um, yeah, I always, I don't know, I, I, I'm pretty keen to, and I know I've moved here, but this is for a reason, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I do like the fact of being somewhere for a long time, yeah. I, and and almost you know being part of your life not just your job yeah um, so i think that's that's becoming pretty important to me as i as i get older yeah that's right that, that, um, that really nice connection there mate and and see i think this is a job you can do for another maybe 20 years if you wanted to you know um uh, there's no reason why uh why you, you couldn't so it's uh, an interesting thing mate by the time we're uh, that age there won't be a pension they'll um I'll probably have to keep us working. <laughs> so either you go, yeah. you go back on the tools or you go back or stay recruiting, I guess. I'm trying to, uh, I'm, planning, I'm planning that I don't have to be, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got no doubt, yeah, we need to do stuff to keep stimulating our minds. So, Agree. Um, yeah, yeah, keep active and, um, yeah, so uh, who knows where I've been six years, mate, but... Uh, um, you do have to plan, and planning's good for the mind. I reckon. Yeah, if you plan, you you can, um, you know, it gives you something to strive for, um, and that and that's really important. Yes, well said, mate. Might be time for another five year uh, five year plan. So uh, yeah, yeah. You, you've done it before. So manifest it, and anything's possible, mate. So um, yeah. really appreciate the chat, Jason, and um, yeah, grateful. Um, Grateful for, for you coming on and, and spending some time here and uh, look forward to seeing how Melbourne go this year. I hope it's the Bulldogs, uh, Melbourne Grand Final, the Bulldogs uh, knock you off, but we'll, we'll see how we go. Yeah, you're obviously a, a doggies man. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> you are? Oh, my grandmother bought me a jumper when I was four and I didn't have a choice. 
So uh, yeah, yeah I've been through all the good and the bad. Don't worry, but uh, you know I'm pretty uh, yeah. pretty pretty happy with the Bulldogs. They're uh, yeah, they're they're doing some good things, and they'll continue to do some good things. So uh, yeah, but yeah, mate, if I can see Melbourne, St Kilda, Richmond, and um, the Bulldogs doing well, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, uh, and uh, thanks for having us on, Aaron. And obviously, it's fantastic the stuff you do. I, I, I'll, I'll throw this out there because I could be wrong here, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw. It was a little while ago, but I saw something on the. It might have been the ABC, or which was uh, did a piece on on what you were doing. Is that right? Or ah, oh, possibly, mate. Yeah, I um. Well, it's interesting. I uh, I started teaching a bit of yoga and meditation in some footy clubs. And um, a couple of those footy clubs, you know, went through the year and didn't have any injuries and they, uh, they uh, were meditating before the, the games. <laughs> so, yeah. so there was something in that turning country footballers into, uh, into, into, uh, in, into yoga, yogis, you know. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, I had yeah. that. I had a, had a um, netball club that had uh, been unsuccessful winning a flag for a few years and they got me in to help them out halfway through the season ended up winning uh, that year so there's a bit of success coming uh, from helping people settle their around. minds down so possibly mate there was a bit of media around uh, there for a while yeah and uh yeah so no good stuff mate and um obviously keep, keep up what you're doing it's important and um it was great to have a chat here i uh, appreciate it mate